Welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here in our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my home school, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited today. I have a special guest, and I I cannot wait to share this conversation with you about a topic that I think everyone needs to hear. We're going to talk about normalizing normal homes. So stick around. Before I start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, as always, Apologia. Apologia is an award-winning, Christ-centered homeschool curriculum provider. We have loved using Apologia products our whole homeschooling career. They have everything from their science to their math to their biblical worldview to uh, they have language arts, they have homeschool support, online learning besides their curriculum. Um, Right now, you can save 20% on notebooks, audio, video, and planners, plus receive free shipping on orders over $150, which is available in the contiguous United States. I've always loved Apologia because of their biblical worldview, but I just love that they've expanded so much now. You know, there's something for everybody from K to 12, whether it's textbook, digital, online learning, self-paced. And like I said, they have Bible, math, of course, their science, social studies, and worldview. So I am super excited today to introduce to you Jenny Naninga. She is a wife and mother of five daughters living on the central coast of California. She and her family strive to live out God's calling on their lives to homeschool, serve the church, and love the world through hospitality while living small in just 800 square feet. They love adventuring outdoors, exploring God's creation, pretending they have a small farm in suburbia, that sounds familiar, uh, with their chickens, cats, and dogs, and reading all the books. Jenny writes for different publications with a focus on homeschool, motherhood, and biblical womanhood. It is her desire to point others to Christ and to help them grow in their understanding of scriptures and to live fully in all that God has called them to do. So I sat down with Jenny to record this podcast after so many months, I think, of trying to do it since we originally like connected and we were, you know, talking about doing this episode. And then this past week we had to reschedule because last minute things happened and we finally sat down to record this week. Got it all recorded. I was super excited our conversation. You're going to love it. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. And then I go to edit and the track was completely missing. So it was my part was there, but Jenny's was not. And I was like, oh my goodness. I sat at my computer and I just prayed. I was like, Lord, 
What is going on? Why don't you want people to hear this message? Or does the enemy not want people to hear his message? So I'm Googling to try to troubleshoot the issue and I'm messaging Jenny to see if we can fix it. And while I'm waiting to hear back from her, I go downstairs and I talk to my husband. I'm like, you know what? I just like, I'm, I'm washing my hands of this. It's in the Lord's hands. If he wants this message out there, it'll get fixed. And if not, it won't, um, but the enemy's not going to stop it because if the Lord wants this message to be heard, it will be heard. And I got a message back from Jenny and she said that she did whatever I asked her to do on her end to troubleshoot, went back up to my computer and there was the track. And so I'm super excited because I know that the enemy always tries to stop something that is going to be used for good. And so sit back and relax and listen to my conversation now with Jenny Naninga as we talk about normalizing normal homes. All right, so I'm here with Jenny now, and we are going to talk about normalizing normal homes homes. And so I am super excited to get into this conversation because nowadays, especially with social media, I feel like it just gets worse and worse where we are constantly bombarded with images, um, you know, about how our homes should look. I feel like, I mean, I started doing Simply Living for Him. I think it's 12 or more years ago now. And I feel like back then, um, I, it, it felt like it was hard to keep up with what was going on, on the internet, but boy, did I not know back then how bad it would be <laughs> because I feel like even nowadays there are just entire accounts dedicated to how our home should look. And a lot of times we end up feeling like, uh, you know, we just don't measure up. So Jenny, I want to take a minute for you to introduce yourself to the listeners, tell them about you and your family and where you live and why this topic is so um, dear to your heart and why you're passionate about it. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, It's super fun to be on. So, okay, I'm Jenny and I live um, in a little town on the central coast of California. It's actually like a town. Um, it's sometimes in the new news as like the happiest town in the United States. So it also means it's a uh, kind of a popular place and a very expensive place to live. So the reason I'm saying that is because my family, um, I'm married, been married for 12 years and we have five girls ages are 10, eight, six, five, and three. And we live in a really small house. It's 800 square feet. And that's, um, kind of a big part of our story, but we homeschool and we just do life here and we're involved with our church and we really like living in this area. My husband was born and raised here, but it's made our life kind of interesting. Um, We actually, when we were expecting my first daughter, we got evicted from our rental. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like the story of how we actually came to this house was very miraculous. Um, All the things that happened were so amazing that we just knew God wanted us here. Mm. Um, it was completely evident. And so that for me has always been something in the back of my mind as I've lived here and continue to add, you know, another child and another child. Um, and I remember saying we could probably live in this house, um, with three kids for a little bit. And then lo and behold, here we are and we're still living here. We have five kids and the house is the same size. So (laughs) And it's, you know, it's like built in 1956. And so that experience of living here and then, you know, homemaking and all these things has been something that's just been on my mind and my heart a lot, especially as I see other people 
you know, living differently, it's been kind of a challenge for me over the years to sometimes to accept it as the years went on. And I feel like God has shown me a lot and taught me a lot through this home and that I'm really grateful for all those lessons. That is so cool. I absolutely just wrote this down because I think the key to everything, the key to everything is what you said, where you said, God wanted you there. And so, I mean, that's really the essence of Simply Living for Him is following God and seeking Him first in all we do, right? And so I think that is so key that you know without a doubt that God wants you there and that, you know, I can imagine when it's easy to get distracted, like thinking, oh, if we only had a bigger home, it would be, you know, easier to homeschool or it would be quieter or it would be, you know, cleaner. You know, I don't want to say cleaner, but more organized or whatever it is, right? Like less clutter. But you can always go back to that statement that God wanted us here. So you don't have to tell us all the details if it's a long story, but can you give us a little bit like of a glimpse of how you knew that God wanted you there? Yeah, well, it's just, I mean, we weren't looking to buy a house, but we got, we got kicked out of our house and we like didn't have anywhere to live. This is a, um, I mean, they let us stay until we moved, but this is a college town. So rentals in this town are ridiculously expensive. It's very hard. So we were like looking at rentals and they were disgusting and, Mm. you know, in like party areas and it was so discouraging. And then we heard about this house before it was on the market. Um, and then, so we knew it was coming as soon as it came on the market, we made an offer. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even think I was in town. We didn't even look at it. Oh, wow. And when we came to see it, because they wanted us to see it, like, our realtor was with us, who's a believer, and the people who were the realtors for the owner were believers. And we just walked in, we saw this big backyard, which is kind of what I grew up with and wanted. And um, we we wanted to buy it. And we, we stood in that family room with the realtors and we all held hands and prayed together. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was really special. And then um, there were two offers on it that were the same. And so that, and we were chosen, but the realtors had just prayed that, you know, if it was God's will that, that we would be chosen um, wow. to the house. So, you know, and when you're first married and you're having your first baby, I think any house is exciting. Like we're buying our first house and so right. it had all that charm and everything at the beginning, which, you know, eventually um, can wear off. But having that memory has been really helpful to us. Like if I were to try to tell the story to my kids about it, like mm-hmm. at the end of the story, I'm just so grateful. I'm Aww. just so grateful house that then I'm, I start to think, you know, maybe I need to calm down about wanting <laughs> something right. else. But it's we've actually been looking at homes for over five years now mm-hmm. uh, in the the next town over because it's a vast uh, price difference. And so that's been an interesting part of the story is just like living in this place of kind of wanting something else and and hoping for that, you know, praying for it, right. but also understanding that the Lord hasn't said yes yet. Right. So he still has a purpose for us here. So um, it's it's giving us a lot of practice in really being content because mm. when you think there's something else coming that maybe in your mind is better. Right. <laughs> it can be a lot easier to fall into discontent. So right. It's like, you know, looking at houses over and over. Yeah. If you know that you're in God's will, it's what else can you do but be content, right? And you have to just probably keep reminding yourself of that, right? And I just love that. So what are the challenges that you would find? I want to talk about the challenges and the blessings, because I can imagine there's a lot of blessings. You know, um, it, it 
it's not like I live in some big fancy house over here either. So I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you know, your house sounds so small. But I just know that like growing up, I've talked about this on the podcast before. We lived in a actually a three family house. So it was one floor was my parents and us. And the second floor was my grandmother and my grandfather. And then the third floor was an older relative. So there were three little apartments. And we grew up in that home and I thought nothing of it. Like this is just normal, right? And looking back, it was smaller compared to obviously um, homes nowadays. But I think about my grandmother. So she lived on the second floor and when she got married, um, that's the house she lived in. It's actually the house she grew up in. So it was one of these houses just like passed down, you know, the family. And so she grew up in that house and it had two little bedrooms on her floor that she lived. And I think her um, husband's, my grandfather's parents lived downstairs and she lived on the second floor. I had two bedrooms and she had twins, my father and my aunt. And Mm -hmm. so when they were about five years old, she said it was time to split up their bedrooms. You know, they couldn't share any longer. She thought that it was, they were getting too old. So she gave the two bedrooms, one to my father and one to my aunt. And for the next 18 years or whatever it was until they moved out, my grandmother and grandfather did not have a bedroom. They slept in the living room and in the summer in the enclosed porch. And like, I feel like (laughs) nowadays, exactly. We'd be like, oh, those poor people. I never heard her once like talk about it like it was strange. It's just what you did to, you know, like you may do. And my grandmother was the most content woman. Everything, every day was the best day ever. Everything was the most wonderful thing. And she was so content. And, you know, she did not have a large home. She was very simple. She did not have a lot of stuff. And she's probably one of the most content people I can, you know, say I ever knew. So I can imagine, you know, that you would feel that kind of tension sometimes between, oh, I wish we had bigger space for whatever. So I want to hear about the challenges that you have in your smaller home and then the blessings. And then I just want to talk about how we can Mm -hmm. normalize this because I feel like everybody listening this is going to be so different because we're used to seeing everybody showing off their big, beautiful, remodeled homes, right? And so yeah. we we want to talk about, no, it's normal to have a normal home that isn't picture perfect yeah. and what goes on inside those walls. So let's start with the challenges of living in your 800 sure. square feet. Sure. And I just want to say too, like, as I'm saying that I have 800 square feet, I know like you're saying on social media, you see a lot of people like, oh, go like live tiny and the but yeah. their house is really remodeled and it's super fancy. So I want to be clear, like for people listening, like our house is not fancy. (laughs) We have a spot where we haven't put a baseboard on. We never refinished the floors. Like the kitchen, it has linoleum that's like stapled down. I mean, we are exactly the same. Our house does too. Isn't that so funny? We moved into our house, um, the home that we live in now, I think it's eight years ago and it was built like brand new, but then the people never lived here. We still have the builder's paint in the upstairs. We have yet to paint. And we're actually finally like, maybe we should paint upstairs. But nobody ever goes upstairs but us. Who cares? And we have downstairs linoleum throughout the kitchen and the bathroom and then like our laundry room, um, guest room. And 
it was never done like properly because it was sort of just like built new and then kind of left, you know, nothing was really upgraded. So we have spots like where the linoleum is peeling up. I mean, it is so funny that you say that because I'm like, that's exactly like us. Yes. (laughs) And I just feel like I want, I want people to like hear that and know that and just to know that, you know, you, not everyone has the means to fix all that stuff. And as long as you're not being like, a lazy person who isn't stewarding their home, like it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it, it can be hard because you see other people who can do it and you're like, man, what's wrong? Like our house is so bad, but no. So our house is small and it's old and we don't have the time or the means to do a big remodel. We just don't, it's not mm-hmm. an option for us. So, um, and that can be one of the challenges is like, just, okay, it's older and there's things that are a problem. Um, but space-wise, the challenges, obviously five girls in one room is challenging just when it comes to stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm always having this balance of I would like to have a minimum amount of stuff. I would like it to look a certain way, but I don't want to completely destroy their childhood and be be like, you can't have any toys. Right. You can't have anything. <laughs> Everything they have is going to be multiplied times five. You know? Right, right. I have a doll. And um, so I can't expect that my house is going to look like somebody who has three rooms for their kids. Right. I, I have to realize that it just cannot look that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I can have it be really organized, but it's still not going to look as you know, simple or as organized or as put together because it's so many people in one space. So just trying to fit everything and um, have a space for everything can be very challenging um, mm-hmm. with that many, that many people in one space. We have one bathroom. Mm-hmm. So, that's, you know, whenever we meet people and they find out we have five girls, <laughs> a lot of times they say, I hope you have a lot of bathrooms. Yeah. And I say, we have one. And they're shocked. But um, it's so, you know, one bathroom that makes it just getting ready, things like that. I mean, even in the mornings, all these years, my husband and I, it's like, you are trying so hard not to wake up the kids, but the house is so small. So just having time alone even was hard sometimes with a small house because you would wake them up. Right, um, right. And then with homeschooling, obviously I have a lot more stuff right. than some people might. Right. I'm trying to fit that stuff in. And the way our house is situated, the kitchen's kind of a galley. So we have this kitchen table that's it's really should be like a breakfast nook for t- two people. <laughs> we, we have we have a- I know what you mean exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it's like a kitchen table. We have like, two benches and and one chair for my husband, and um, we squeeze in there. Like once I'm in, some he has to go get them a beverage because I'm I'm like I'm not getting out of this bench. <laughs> but um, so we're kind of like crammed in the corner, and we bar- you know we barely right. fit and. And that can be challenging at dinner times. You're trying to coordinate all these little kids and, and teach them manners and all that. And you're just so close together. Someone's touching someone and those sorts of things. And when it comes to homeschool, that's, you know, that table's not big enough for mm-hmm. us to put all our things out. So we have to do things like do it on the floor in the family room or pop up a table or, and then the same goes for having people over. We have to, you know, try to eat outside or mm-hmm. pull up a big table up and use the couch as seating and, and things like that. Um, right. So it, there's all those kinds of organizational challenges. Where do you put things? And, um, 
you know, it, I feel like it does sometimes take longer to even clean. I'll tell my husband, if things were spread out, you know, you can get to all the areas you want to clean easier. And right. I joke that we're, we're actually minimalists, but you just can't tell because we live in a house. <laughs> we move someday, we're going to realize, oh, we're minimalists. We hardly have anything, but, um, no, just so I just think it does complicate things for sure. Like that's just a reality. Um, and it's going to be more complicated because I, I can't spread out their clothes or we can't have more of this or that, or we can't do this activity. And, um, that's just, that's just reality because there isn't the the space to do it, um, or to make it look, you know, exactly so, so how I would prefer it. Right. But I mean, I always say that the blessings, I do think that they always are worth the challenges. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I don't feel like it, but that's why I have to, we have to tell ourselves that or remind ourselves of that. And one of the, the biggest blessings I would say is, um, I just think you learn a lot when you have less, I think if Mm -hmm. we had started out with so much more, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't, there would have been a lot of things we wouldn't have known to teach our children about, Mm -hmm. um, about sharing, about being generous, about being thankful, about, um, just like working together. And, um, I mean, to them, this is their home. It's Mm -hmm. like, they think it's a beautiful, wonderful, place and, um, they're just grateful for it. And so I think we've learned a lot of practical things with organization and we've learned a lot about serving, just letting people come into our home regardless. Mm. Of like, and, you know, my kids are learning that because they're not seeing us say, well, we can't, you know, host Easter right. um, this year, or we can't have that couple over because we're going to have to, you know, eat in the family room and, that's weird. But so they're, they're seeing that as they're growing up, you know, we can't just give them whatever they want. We can't. So all those things about, you know, having a smaller or older home and just having less to work with has, I think really shaped our family in a lot of ways. Um, and kind of laid this foundation for what, even if we were to move someday, like we'll have this foundation mm-hmm. of, of having a better perspective about our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're for, you know? And so I think that, that that's been something I've seen as fruit and something I'm really thankful for. Right. Uh, and I think it's shaped me a lot. And mm-hmm. that then of course is going to shape my kids too. I think that is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful that you're teaching your children, most of all, like what is the purpose of your home? You know, I think we've lost our way in our society that the purpose of our home is, you know, for an Instagram post or for aesthetics or to show it off or, you know, to have that, you know, perfect table setting when people come over. I've talked about it a lot in the podcast. When I first got married, I mean, we didn't have a big home. In fact, we lived in that same home that I talked about where my grandmother, we we lived in that home when we first got married. Um, my parents actually had moved and said we could stay there until we saved money. And so we didn't have, you know, a big home either. But I remember like I would stress out about having people over that everything had to look just so. I was a newly married young mom. I had no money to buy like big fancy things. And I would actually throw out the catalogs that came in the mail, like the Pottery Barn catalog. Because I was like, if I if I see it, it makes me discontent. You know, there wasn't Instagram and all that back then. I can't imagine being yeah. a young mom now with, you know, on a budget with little ones and feeling like I can't keep up with how everything looks. Over the years, 
years, praise the Lord, God has taught me that it is not about, you know, entertaining when you have people over, but it's about hospitality because entertaining says, look what I can do. You know, I can make the best recipes. I can make the fancy table. But hospitality is like, hey, we can sit on the couch and we can sit in the family room and we can have a packed house of people and they're going to see the love of Christ in my home, right? They're going to see that, you know, hospitality says, what can I do for you? Entertaining says, look what I can do. So, you know, I just love yeah. that you're practicing that and you're teaching your your girls that because they're going to have homes someday and be homemakers or, you know, make the home. And so not putting that emphasis on the perfect decorations, the perfect table setting, but the emphasis is on the people in the home and showing them the love of God in the home. Yeah. Like, I just think that is, it's sad to say, but a rarity these days. Um, you know, I look at Instagram and I'm like, what is going on? Like people are, you know, I, I was looking at a young mom's account recently and she was talking about like setting up the photo like perfectly for her baby. I'm thinking, what? Like this is, you know, like to how to have everything look perfect, you know, to style it, to show like the baby's room or whatever. And I'm like, what is going on? Like these young moms, yeah. like, are we losing our way? So, you know, for you, what is the purpose of your home? How do you teach your girls? Um, and how do you, you know, how do you stay focused on that in a culture that is kind of losing sight on the purpose of our homes? Yeah, well, I feel like that's partially why it's so important to me is I feel like I had gotten to a place of starting to feel like, okay, I'm feeling more frustration, or I'm starting to feel discontent, and I don't want to, and I would look for encouragement, you know, mm -hmm. and I would find like, oh, this, there's a homemaking account, or there's a new homemaking podcast or something. But then every, I just kept finding like every person who was talking had a, you know, according to their pictures, a perfect <laughs> right in reality, but everything looked so similar. Everything was beautiful. Like every homemaking tool they used was like wooden and right. you know, everything was a certain way. And, and I was thinking, you know, it's because when you're looking at images like that, or you have a, you know, a podcast or an Instagram that you want to do well, you have to feature a certain kind of images. So right. unfortunately, I, I wasn't finding anything I because all the wisdom of the people who are actually living in difficult houses like me isn't out there because no one wants to feature it. Right. So that was starting to become really, really difficult for me. And, um, and I was, you know, struggling. So, and the funny thing was, is I was saying, well, is this why I'm still in this house? Because I have to be that person now. <laughs> like, right. Encouragement to others. Cause I'm trying to find it. But, um, no, I just, um, to help me keep perspective in those times because I mean, not only are, you know, are we seeing what's online? Mm -hmm. um, but we also see things in real life. Like right. we have my family, we have real friends who have beautiful homes right? and that's wonderful. But if we were to go to these beautiful homes and have these wonderful dinners and then they were to come home and see that we never tried to do that too, mm -hmm. I think that would teach them that our house wasn't you right. know, good enough to do right. that. The only people who have more and have, you know, bigger or better can do that. And so, you know, those people are also serving the Lord and they're also, you know, honoring God. But I think what's in our hearts is what is really the most important. So, right. um, for us, like we always, we hosted a lot of, um, 
growth groups and things like that, where we have so many people coming over. And I, I would do like what you were saying, start to get stressed out about people coming over. But I quickly realized that once everybody was there mm-hmm. and enjoying ourselves, like I didn't, I didn't ever think about it again. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, once you're there, everything's a mess. And you're like, hey, this is fun. <laughs> you know, it's so like someone else's house. And you're like, I didn't even really notice what color their pillows were, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I was so involved in whatever we were doing, you know? Um, and so just remembering that the, pur- the purpose of my home, right, mm-hmm. is a tool that I can use to serve the Lord. So. Yes. Um, I think it's fine to want to make your house beautiful and welcoming Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Um, Because I think there's a lot of people who kind of, it's like people swing to extremes sometimes. They don't like that everyone's being so fancy and so formal. So they swing to the extreme of you can just have your house be a disaster and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think that's biblical either. Right. Um, I think we are supposed to care for our homes and do our best with them. Mm-hmm. But what we have to remember is that everyone's best is totally different. Right. Not everyone has the ability to do the same thing. Like my friend's best or someone on Instagram's best might be like a beautiful matching set of plates, mm-hmm. you know, and silverware and all of that because they can afford it and that's fine. But that doesn't mean that that's what I have to do. Exactly. Um, and it doesn't mean that that's better or the only way. And, um, and so we have to be careful that we don't put these expectations on ourselves. Instead, we have to look at what God has given us, not what God has given others, mm-hmm. and then do what we can with what he's us. And um, so like what he's given me is a house with a tiny breakfast nook. So what can I do with that? You know, and how can I still serve others and welcome people in and make a home for my family with what he's given me? So it's like, I kind of feel like our homes are a gift and homemaking is a gift and a wonderful calling, but it's almost like homemaking and the homes have become like the end. Right. um, Or like the goal itself or the idol. And so if that's like what you're worshiping, like, you know, when we're worshiping God, we want to bring him our best. So if we're worshiping homemaking, right? we're like trying to make it a certain way and making, make it beautiful and wonderful, but we can't mm-hmm. because we have limited resources. But with God, it's like, he, we can glorify him with, you know, very little. We don't right. need that. He's not asking for perfection. So I think the perspective of my home is here to be used for the Lord. Right. That's really the purpose of our home. And when we were talking beforehand and we had sent each other some notes, you had said we can glorify God in a mud hut or a mansion, right? It's not yeah. about what it looks like or it's it's not about the circumstances like of the house. It's about what goes on in those four walls. And the heart is really, you know, the, it, it really the most important thing of homemaking is the heart and your heart being turned toward the Lord and then pointing all those in your family to the Lord and all those that you welcome into the home to the Lord. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a posture of humility, really, that, you know, we want to use whatever we are given, whether it's this tiny house or a mansion, we want to use it for the glory of God. We want to use it to point people to Jesus. We want to use it to love people well. And so, you know, one thing that um, came to mind, too, is I know that you um, share a lot on your Instagram account, which will tell everybody how to find you at the end of the episode. 
Um, do you find that, like you said, you're becoming, since you couldn't find it, are you becoming that person that is sharing just normal? And listen, I think that is what is so needed. I mean, I try to add simple living for him and everything I do. I'm always like, look, if you want to find fake stuff, it's all over the internet. I'm always about, you know, keeping it real and all that. And, you know, um, do you find that you're becoming like that voice to normalize normal homes out there? Because I would, I mean, I was scrolling through your Instagram before and I was like, this is just such a breath of fresh air because it's just, you know, what we need is to focus on the right things. Exactly what I do at Simple Living for Him, focusing on what truly matters. So do you feel that um, you are becoming that kind of voice to normalize normal homes out there? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question because when I started that Instagram mm-hmm. account, it was like when I started homeschooling because I wanted to have one that wasn't my like private personal family one yeah. um, and that I just posted more homeschool stuff on. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have all these great pictures of us being adventuring outside <laughs> and everything. And, and then at the end of the year, you can do those like top nine things. Right. And every time I did it, it was like a picture of the inside of my house mm-hmm. where I had said something about my home that was like the most popular. And I'm like, I was just thinking, this is so funny. Like my house is not that cute and it's not, you know, like anything special. And I thought it was going to be like my pictures of waterfalls that people like. (laughs) (laughs) No, people want to see real and normal. Tiny dark kitchen because, and so I started realizing, you know, where I would say something kind of vulnerable about our house and that's what I get Mm -hmm. the most responses of people saying like, I needed that. I needed to hear that. Right. And I it just made me realize like these people are, they're out there. Like, I think the world kind of wants you to think here's what's normal. What's normal is that you have this like, you know, 2,500 square foot house. That's like, at least it's builder's grave. And if not, it looks like Joanna Gaines. Did it. <laughs> yeah. And those things aren't wrong, but I think there's this concept that that must be normal. So if I don't have that, I'm, I'm in a different category. Like right. I'm not normal. I have less, you know, and, but that's not reality. Like the reality is there's a lot of people just living in normal or below normal. I mean, right. like your house has problems, right? Or it's, you know, and so I think that when I started sharing stuff about that, it made me, re- it made me realize that. And, um, and since I'm in it too, it's like, I haven't moved on from it and I'm remembering it. Like I'm in it. Mm. So to me, Someone says, you know, like I needed that today. I'm like, me too. That's why I wrote it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I was like I, yes. talking to myself, you know. That's literally <laughs> I was me. saying it because I'm like preaching to myself what is true. Because there are times when I'm like, I mean, I'll tell my husband, I just don't care anymore. I don't want to have the right attitude. Right, <laughs> right, right. He just laughs at me because I'll get over it. But um, but then that's what I do is like, I tell myself what is true. Right. And what is true is that this house is an absolute gift. Mm. You know, the fact that I have walls and a roof. I mean, I can remember one time holding one of my daughters and it was really stormy outside. Mm-hmm. And I was just like thinking about that. We have like the homeless people outside. Right. right. I was just like what a miracle it was that I was in this safe, warm house. Right. And like, who, who am I to ask for more than that? Oh yeah. You totally. know? And so sometimes, I mean, it's almost like an opposite kind of comparison where sometimes one of the things that helps me is that, that kind of a comparison where I'm like, there are so many people right. who don't have running, running water. Right. <laughs> there are people in history who have like suffered, you know, right. far beyond 
what I'm suffering or I'm, I'm really love like the pioneer era. Mm. So sometimes I encourage myself by saying like, you think you, you think you want to be a pioneer. You can't even live in this house. Like, <laughs> come on, you know, like get a grip. Right. <laughs> It, so that kind of comparing sometimes can really help me just to have that perspective of like what I have now is already abundantly more than so many people have and and compare that direction versus comparing to those who have more than me. Right. It's such a good point because, um, yeah, our society has, like I said, completely, I feel like, just kind of lost its way on, you know, our country. We should be so grateful, like you said, for all we had. It reminds me of years ago when a missionary family, a mom wrote me, uh, she was out like in Africa, you know, on the mission field, homeschooling her children. And she wrote to me and she was like, you know, it's really refreshing to see your page. She said, because I'm out here on the mission field, like living in a hut and trying to homeschool my family. And when I go to look for homeschooling accounts, it's just like all these moms are wasting their time, she said, on so much junk. And I thought of that, like, what do we look like, you know, to the outside other countries like that? You know, like we're over here complaining because we can't find the perfect paint color or, you know, we can't find the right floors to match the, you know, whatever. I don't even know because we, I am not into decorating (laughs) and all that stuff either. (laughs) I'm always just like, as long as it's comfortable and it looks, you know, making things feel peaceful and, you know, that, you know, I'm just, I don't get into like remodeling and all that stuff. But, you know, again, not that there's something wrong with that, but I think we do need to look at that perspective and look at that and be like, why are we focusing on the externals and not the eternals? Why are we focusing on the outside appearance and we're not focusing on our own hearts or our children's hearts or what's going on in these four walls, you know, having people over. I know there are people out there for sure. I've, I've heard from people, they send me messages that will not invite people over to their homes because they're embarrassed or they feel like, you know, maybe their home isn't up to par. And it's like, no, we are lost our way. We're focusing on, especially as Christians, you know, we are not focusing on the right things. And I just think it's a beautiful testimony to hear that, even though you struggle because you said like, sometimes, of course, you can feel like discontent. I mean, we all do. And like, we all need to admit that, right? Like we all do, because I constantly can do the same thing. We need to be like, uh, you know what? We have to normalize normal homes. We have to look at what God has given us as a blessing and how can we focus on the things that truly matter? Because someday my grandmother who lived in that little house said, you used to tell me all the time when she was alive, you can't take it with you, right? Someday all of this stuff, big home, small home, mud hut, wherever you live is going to be gone. But what went on inside that home is what will truly have lasted because you'll have taught your girls about Jesus. You'll have taught your girls to appreciate what they have, gratitude, and they're going to teach that to the next generation. And that is what will be lasting, not the home. Mm -hmm. 
right? What went on yeah. in that home, your legacy of what you've taught your girls, of what you've showed your neighbors by practicing hospitality, regardless of, you know, if you feel like you have the room in the house or not. You know, for me, when I go to people's houses that I feel like aren't perfect, I love it. I'm like, oh, good. Like we can just hang out, you know, <laughs> I don't have to feel like I'm afraid to touch anything. I love going to someone's house who's comfortable. We went somewhere this summer and they had a big family. And I was so thankful. We sat down and she's like, you know, we ordered fried chicken from the local grocery store. You don't mind if we just serve it out of the box. I'm like, no, I love it. <laughs> you know, she's like, because you love all your kids. I've got a lot of kids. We just want to hang out and enjoy each other's company. I was like, please, we are the last people that are going to worry about how you're serving the chicken, right? We just want to have fun and we want to fellowship. And I wasn't looking at, you know, the house. I was um, looking at, you know, the, I was enjoying the company that we were with. And I think that's really for our society, especially we have lost our way. You know, like you said, you love the pioneer. I'm a little girl, a little house on the prairie girl at heart. Right. And I also could not survive. I glorify ma on little house on the yeah. prairie. The power goes out in our house and I'm like, Oh no, what will we do? So I glorify that as well. But you think about like, I remember there's an episode and I like love it where they have like Mr. Edwards over and um, whoever the woman is they're trying to set him up with. And they're like dancing outside around the fire. And I'm like, that's so fun. Yeah. I want to do that. You know, like you just want to have that simple like fellowship where it's absolutely not about the home. It's absolutely not about even, you know, serving the best recipes and all that. It's literally about the people and the relationships and what goes on inside. So I think you're giving your family a great gift by, even though sometimes you might feel discontent by showing them how to persevere through that discontentment and how to make do with what you have. Because again, in much of the world, what you have, you have a mansion, right? Compared to yeah, much exactly. of the world. And so I think it's just such a gift, especially in our culture. And like you live over there in California. So I would imagine that, I don't know, I just picked, I, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but I just picture it like, like you said, the cost of living is higher and maybe there's more focus oh, yeah. on, you know, all of that stuff. And so I just think it's such a gift to give to your family and you're honoring the Lord in that. And I just think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful testimony. So is there anything else that you want to share, like practical help for people in their homes or perspective or any yeah. other just tips or anything else you want to share about normalizing just normal homes? Definitely. I, you know, you're talking about my kids and I sometimes think about wondering like, what does God have for them in the future? And how is he going to use this? Like, mm. what if one of my daughters marries, you know, a missionary or what if one of, you know, they get married and, um, they just don't have a lot of money. Like, I love thinking that that'll be fine. Right. <laughs> they'll be fine because they'll have grown up with like, okay, we can make do and we can do our best with this and this is fine. And they won't have this high expectation. Right. You know, right. I've under some trial because they were spoiled. But, um, so I, I think like God's going to use it for sure, but that's great. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's a couple of things I would want to say. And, um, I, I, I like sharing that I still struggle with being discontent because I think that it's sometimes 
it's good to just know that other people aren't like, oh, they're, well, they're already ahead of me and they have it all together. Like my goal is that someday I'm content without thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. It's like you see people that are like that and we forget that they probably had a lot of things happen in their life that led them to being that way. You know, sometimes we have to, to struggle and that's how God shapes us and then changes our hearts and perspectives. So I think he's working on me through this house, but because I know that part and the things that um, can be hard, like I, you know, I love to talk about big ideas and I can get very emotional and be like, yes, my house is so wonderful. I'm just so thankful. And then the next day it's like, I'm looking at the cabinets. I'm like, they are so disgusting. <laughs> I, know, I know how that goes and that it can be, you know, easy in one sense to live like, okay, what's my, what's the real purpose? Like, let's focus on the eternals. And I believe all of that so much, but then when it can get down to the nitty gritty, you're like, but how, how, like Mm -hmm. I'm so overwhelmed and I don't know what to do and we can't fix this and we can't fix that. So I do have some things that I do sometimes when I'm feeling that way. And one of course is the perspective comparing myself, just reminding myself that everything I have is a gift and I have so much more than others. So that kind of feeling of gratitude is Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, I also sometimes will like hyper focus on things. So like if I'm looking around my house and mm-hmm. I'm just start, cause what will happen is I'll look at one thing. And then of course I look at something else mm-hmm. and then I look at something else that's wrong. And before you know it, I'm like depressed and I'm giving up on life or whatever. So right. I like, you don't want to do that. So then I'll shift my focus instead. Like instead of looking at the floor, that's like peeling away. Um, <laughs> I look at how the light you know, shining through my thrifted lace curtains is like mm-hmm. shining on the floor. That's beautiful. Or I look at, you know, yeah, like the trees outside or like we, I mean, God's so good. Like this house, it's so small and, you know, it's just a suburban neighborhood, but like we have these two giant eucalyptus trees. Not a lot of people have trees in their yard and mm-hmm. the suburban neighborhoods where they just cut everything down and then build them. And we have these two huge eucalyptus trees. And I didn't even know I was going to homeschool when I moved in here. But God gave us these trees. There's there's a few other trees back there too. Um, and we're really close to like a, a mountain where you can hike and stuff. And um, so we get like hawks in our trees. Oh, we wow. get, I mean, the amount of wildlife we've had in this suburban neighborhood. Like I had, I touched like five other houses, you know, yards. Right, right. And it's hilarious to me. I'm like, like God knew I was going to homeschool and be like, you know, nerding out on nature study. Gave <laughs> us this yard where like, the hummingbirds come all the time and you see monarchs and, um, you know, there's a, there's the hawk and then there's the possum. And then there's, you know, a jackrabbit lived in our yard for like a year. It's just so funny. And, um, so I, I will focus on other things like that, like the view out of the window or, you know, my kids doing something sweet in the other room or just something little that I, that gives me joy. And then, shift my focus from the negative thing to like the beautiful thing, mm, you know, because right. something might be really ugly in your house and you can't change it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but you can change like what you are choosing to think about. If you keep thinking about that, you're, you're going to just get discouraged. So I'll do that sometimes. And, um, and then sometimes I just, I get up and I do something like if I am staring at my cabinets and I'm disgusted at some point, I'm like, it is time to roll up your sleeves grab a scrub brush and scrub mm. your cabinet, right. you know, and maybe I'll turn on a podcast like yours and listen Aww. to it and, and just listen, you know, do something, um, 
like that. That's encouraging. And the funny thing is sometimes I'm like, I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm just going to clean this because it's bothering me. And no, it's not going to change the fact that, you know, the paint's all peeling away, but it will be clean. And that's, you know, God's not asking me to repaint my whole kitchen right now, or he would have given me the means to do so, but he is asking me to keep it clean. So I can do that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'll do that. And there have been times where I've thought, okay, well, I'm going to listen to, you know, something about homemaking. And then of course, like I mentioned before, I can't find anything. Right. That's the kind of encouragement I need. So I'll listen to something else. For example, you can listen to all of Elizabeth Elliot's old talks. Mm. I'll listen to her. And I mean, she is so encouraging and she is so basic about like, what is God asking you to do? You know, right. are you willing to obey him? And so I'll listen to something like that, which you think has nothing to do with your home. Mm. But but then it does, right. you know, because then it's teaching me like, okay, like, am I willing to be obedient to God in this home? Right. You know, or am I waiting for a better one? And then I'm going to do a good job keeping it clean or whatever it is. Um, so sometimes I just do something and that mm-hmm. helps. And mm-hmm. then listening to wisdom of others, like I just mentioned, is really help. Um, yeah. So I think you can set like tangible goals. Like you mentioned feeling guilty. And I always tell people, I think there's a difference between guilt and conviction. Like mm-hmm. guilt is like if you're feeling guilty for something because somebody else has, um, you know, a nicer house or cuter cleaning products or whatever it is, like that's false guilt. But if you're feeling convicted because you know that your yard's like kind of dumpy and Mm -hmm. it looks bad to the neighbors and and it's like a, you, I mean, you should, you probably know in your heart, are you feeling convicted right? or is it misplaced guilt? Like if it's something that you think you should change and do better at, and maybe you haven't been a good steward of, then, then go forward and make a goal and make a plan and try to, you know, like repent and ask God to help you to be wise and know what to do and make a change and, and do what you can, but don't like feel guilty about what you can't do. Right. Like those are two different things, you know, such good, such good points, such good points. I love it. Um, yeah. So one thing that also struck me just while you were talking was there's such a, a lesson here to be learned as well that so many people waste time, like if you're talking about stewardship, they waste time and money on the wrong things, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're in that time where your thoughts are going to the cabinets or, you know, they're going to those guilt feelings that are not necessary. Or, you know, we waste so much time and energy on um, those things where we can be using our time and you know, everything we've been gifted from the Lord uh, to steward it well. And I I was laughing to myself because when you said about the cabinets, I talked about this many times, probably on the podcast. I talk about it in some of my sessions when I speak. But for me, like when we first moved into this house, I loved this house. I thought it was such a gift from the Lord. Same with you. We knew that this was all from the Lord. It is not perfect, but we made do with, you know, with the layout of it was kind of funky and everything. But we're like, we love this house. And I wasn't into decorating or anything like that. I'm just like, you know, I just wanted to look decent. I'm very simple, whatever. And then we started watching HGTV and we started watching Joanna Gaines. Like for a while at night, we would watch on Hulu or whatever. And one night we turned it off and I looked at my kitchen and I said to my husband, our house stinks. And he's like, what? Like you love our house. Like I had never not like thought my house was great. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, it doesn't look anything like that. And I'm like, maybe we should get one of those farmhouse sinks. You know, he's like, 
we have, you know, the stainless steel basic sink. He's like, you wash the dishes in the sink. Like you're going to spend a thousand dollars or whatever to wash the dishes in it when you have a perfectly well functioning sink. So it's like thinking about that stuff too. Like your cabinets function. Does your home function? You know, and I know there's certain things that don't function and we need to repair and fix Mm -hmm. and things like that. But then there's those other things that like my house is perfectly functioning, but because I wasted time now, I mean, I'm not saying it's wasting time to watch a show with your family or whatever, but for me, I allowed that show to start speaking to my heart, right? Where I had been perfectly content. And all of a sudden I'm looking around and I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't, I'm not content with what I have. And all of a sudden I'm wanting to spend a thousand dollars to change the sink, which works perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just being a good steward of what we have and not wasting so much time and money even on things that really don't matter in the end. And so, but I loved all your, your practical advice. I loved all your tips. I just think that it is so important to talk about this, you know, um, And that's why I was so excited when you reached out about doing the podcast. And I know it took us forever to get this podcast (laughs) nailed down and recorded. And I just like, you know what? That's the enemy, though, because he wants us all distracted. He wants us to focus on what we don't have. He wants us to desire more and more of this world and less and less of Jesus. And here at Simply Living for Him, I always try to focus people on the more we desire Him, the less we desire the things of this world, the less we are discontent with, you know, the the material things that we have already been given. And so I just know that there's going to be people out there who are going to be blessed by this message that are going to say, "Ah, I can sigh, you know, breathe a sigh of relief that, it's okay that my home doesn't look like somebody's on Instagram. And to remind people that that's some people's job, right? To make their home look aesthetically pleasing because that's uh-huh. what they're doing for a job. But we yeah. need to just normalize like fellowship in our homes. You know, you can have the chicken out of the box. You can have the pizza for dinner and you're serving your community by inviting people over, you're serving your friends by inviting people over, you know, normalizing what goes on in those homes and focusing on that. And, you know, let's all just take a deep breath and be like, it's okay if our homes aren't perfect, because we're going to have a heavenly home someday that Mm -hmm. is perfect. And right now we are going to use what God has given us to glorify him, whether it's a tiny home, whether it's a large home, whatever he has given us. And we'll go back to what you said at the beginning of the episode that, you know, that God wanted you there. And that is really the like the basis of it all. Okay. God wants us here. Now, what do we do with what we have? And I'd encourage everybody out there. God has put you, as it says in Acts, right? He has appointed the times and places for where you will live. God has put you in this moment, in the house you're in, in the state you're in. Many of us can be like, oh, I wish I lived in the country. Well, if he's put you in the city, there's a reason, right? Or, oh, I wish I lived in the city. Well, if you're in the country right now, there's a reason. Until God moves you, You know, you can live right where you are, big house, small house, farm, city, apartment, whatever it is, you can focus on where you are because that is exactly where God has put you. And what are you going to do with what you have been given? It reminds me, uh, last week we went to visit my daughter who got married last year and they live in the cutest little tiny, tiny apartment. Talk about small and they crack up because they're like, her husband will be like, she can't bring something in unless we throw something out because (laughs) everything has a place, a tiny little apartment. And we went there last week and I'm like, 
I love your apartment because they have it decorated so beautifully. Oh. It's so cozy. Yeah. It just feels like, you know, newlywed, you know, just so cozy with the little candles. And yes, we ate dinner on the couch because she doesn't have a kitchen to eat in. <laughs> and, you know, um, and I'm going, I love it here. And her husband's looking at me like, want to trade places? And I'm like, no, really? Like you have made a home. And that sounds like what you have done out there in your 800 square feet in California. You have made a home, right? And that is what God asks us to do. He asks us to steward well, to be content and to use what he has given us for him. Because as I've been talking about a lot lately on my podcasts or devotionals, our purpose in life is not necessarily to have all the great things. Our purpose in life is not necessarily not to suffer. Our purpose is not to be comfortable. Our purpose is to glorify him in every circumstance. Our purpose in life is to bring God glory. And so if we're not focused on the circumstances, we can have joy in a tiny house or a big house or wherever we're at, because we know that we are bringing God glory. So thank you, Jenny, so much. Is there anything else you want to share before we go? I also want you to just share your Instagram. Yes. Oh, well, my Instagram is, um, it's bloom.wild.schoolhouse. Okay. And And, I'll link that um, in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. And then the only other thing I would say is just as encouragement, if you look up scriptures um, about, I tried to do this one time, like houses or dwelling, I just thought it was funny because they were all like about dwelling with Jesus, you know? Oh, yes. Being with him. And it wasn't, I couldn't, you know, find anything that was super specific about houses. And it was just kind of a ha-ha moment for me. Like, oh, you're trying to find like the answer, but the answer, the answer is Jesus, you know? That is is just a perfect way to end this podcast. Oh, that is such a great thought. Thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on and sharing with us. I know that the listeners are going to be blessed. So you all out there, I'm going to link her Instagram in the show notes. Go check out Jenny at bloom.wild.schoolhouse and you'll be so encouraged. Thank you again, Jenny. All right. Thanks. Well, now I see why the enemy did not want us to talk about this, because the enemy wants us distracted by all of the things of this world so that we are not focused on Jesus. And I'm so grateful for Jenny to have this conversation today, and I hope that it is pointing you all back to Jesus. So I want to hear from you. If this message blessed you, first of all, go over to Jenny's Instagram. I will link it in the show notes, but it's um, at bloom.org wild.schoolhouse and then let me know what you think. Please share this message. The more you share this message, um, the more that helps get, you know, this message out there to encourage others. And I want to hear what you think. So you can send me a voice message at um, anchor.fm slash Simply Living for Him. You can message me, comment wherever you are listening to this. I hope that this was a blessing to you. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today. Mm-hmm.